Hi, and welcome to the Oikos Family Podcast, Season 2, Episode 18. I'm Sonia Wood, and today I'm going to talk to you about a little story that Missy wrote called The Pathway. Now, I introduced the whole Oikos Ministry Messages um, story in a little booklet thing in Episode 17 about the fact that for the next few episodes, I'm going to be sharing a story with you out of this little Oikos Ministry Messages booklet that we have, because I'm hoping you'll find them useful and helpful. And this one will particularly be useful, maybe, perhaps, hopefully, for anybody who's got children with learning difficulties, because our daughter, Missy, had a lot of learning struggles, and This story that she wrote, that she told me, which I then typed into the computer and then we published a little booklet and then I narrated it into a little audio book and now I'm sharing the stories one at a time on these podcasts with you. But this story, The Pathway, really was quite a profound story, I believe, because it didn't just help Missy, but I believe it can help a lot of others as well. And the story just came to her one day after we had had an experience that was quite unusual. And so that's what this next story is about. It's called The Pathway. I hope you enjoy it. If you're listening to it and you think there's somebody that it might be helpful to, you can share it with them. And thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for joining me. And I hope you enjoy the story. Bye for now. The Pathway. Psalm 25, verses 4 to 6. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. A gentle breeze teased at the bent heads of the two students and rustled the papers they were so earnestly studying. Suddenly, an unexpected gust launched the pages into the air. Cries of protest erupted through the room and the mother's quick steps brought her instantly to the core of the disturbance. Fastening the windows tightly against the outside elements, she returned to her two rather flustered children as they gathered their stray pages. This disturbance was too great for the daughter and tears began to gush from her tired eyes. A mothering hand was laid lovingly over that of her trembling child as her soft voice soothed her. It'll be all right, Missy. You see, we just have to pick up these pages. You do not need to cry. Here, I'll help you. This disturbance was too great for the daughter and tears began to gush from her tired eyes. A mothering hand was laid lovingly over that of her trembling child as her soft voice soothed. It'll be all right, Missy. You see, we just have to pick up these pages. You do not need to cry. Here, I will help you. With that, she knelt by her side and began to collect the strewn pages. After a few gasps of breath and swipes with the tissue, Missy tried to voice what caused her upset. Between sobs and sniffs, she managed to verbalise in a choked voice her unexpected tears. I'm not crying because of my page has been blown around. It is just that it is how my brain feels. Everything is in a muddle and scrambled. Every time I get all the information laid out, a wind comes in and muddles it all up again. I am trying to learn. I want to understand what I'm reading. I want to. I want to understand what I'm doing, but I just can't. I'm sorry. I'm trying. It just won't stay in my brain. This last sentence was too much for the ten-year-old and she erupted into another torrent of tears. She rose suddenly from her seat and rushed from the door, 
emotion and disappointment in herself being too much to bear in front of others, she ran to seek the comfort of her room. Moments later, her mother found her hiding in her cupboard. Emotion had outranked her body's strength and she had collapsed into her little bundle. Ignoring the uncomfortable position in which she had to subject her own body to be placed in, the mother sat on sandals and tackies, gently stroking the tear-dampened hair. Ten minutes passed in this manner, with gagged, uneven breathing from the daughter and soft, gentle prayers from the mother. The mother was seeking counsel from the only advisor she could completely trust, her lord. So when the child's reddened eyes reopened, her mother had a suggestion ready to present to her. However, motherly concern needed to be satisfied first. So in a concerned voice, she asked, Are you feeling better now? A sniff and a rub to the swollen eyes was the first answer, followed closely by a verbal one. A little. I'm sorry I interrupted the morning's learning time. The misplaced hair was gently smoothed off the child's troubled brow as sweet words floated throughout the cupboard. Missy, you do not need to make apologies for your behaviour this morning. If you did and your actions were needing correcting, then I would certainly tell you. But your actions this morning were not needing correction. You have been trying your best and giving your all. We just need to find a way to help you discover a way in which you can retain the information you are learning. Everyone has a special way of learning. Now we just have to find yours. Come now, let's get up and go and have a lovely cup of hot tea. That will make you feel better. Then we can go for a walk. There's no need to continue trying to do formal learning today. With that, the mother stretched out her hand and helped her child to her feet. Hand in hand, they made their way to the kitchen to indulge in their tea. The wind had subsided and warm rays of sunshine poured down on the walkers. Light, joyful conversation was heard tumbling its way down the hill as the threesome slowly made their way down the steep downward incline. The little boy in the group, fully enjoying his age of five, was splashing from one mud puddle to another. Joy at the experience of splashing mud as high as possible filled his youthful face and prompted a loud squeal of glee each time the mud splattered up his red rubber boots. His complete joy from a simple function caused a smile to form on the lips of mother and daughter as they softly conversed. The young girl's delicate fingers traced the outline of a petal from the daisy she had gently plucked from its stem moments before. The mother spoke of all things good and pure. They discussed the way the grass swayed in the gentle wind, how the new bloom slowly peeked its face out of its soft bud, the way the birds chirped so merrily and how amazing all of God's creation was. The caring mother's mission was to bring joy back into her daughter's sad eyes. As they continued their walk, her mission seemed to become easier, for as each flower's petals were traced or leaves lingering dew were prompted into a small trickle by the girl's gentle fingers, a bit more life filled her solemn face. Who can remain sad when surrounded by such life and beauty? The threesome slowly wound their way along the dense forest, a path their feet knew well, for it had been walked many a time. Since there were no more mud puddles in which to splash, the little brother had joined his sister in examining the lush foliage surrounding them. His cry of glee was to be heard often, as he discovered a little worm upon a leaf or a snail taking refuge under a branch. The mother watched her two little adventurers from a slight distance, 
taking great pleasure in just listening to their young voices completely engaged in the subject at hand. They slowly made their way along the winding path, treading carefully so as to not stomp on any unseen creatures. Their sweet tones floated back to the mother, assuring her that all was still wills, although for a moment they were out of her sight. Then suddenly their soft voices were changed to one of alarm and uncertainty. Fear grasped at the mother's heart as she rushed forth to see what had distressed her precious little ones. Upon rounding the sharp bend that had blocked her view, she saw what had caused the alarm, for there, obstructing her children's progress, was an enormous tree trunk. It must have blown over in the wind, for its entire root structure was still intact, although it was now above the ground instead of below. Mother and children stood surveying the scene, trying to determine which would be the best way in which to proceed along their journey. As they stood, they noticed that the tree that blocked them was one that had all its branches and leaves growing at the very top of the trunk, leaving 90% of the enormous trunk bare, covered only by smooth bark so there was no manner of step which they could use to clamber over the trunk. Next, they turned their attention to the ground beneath the tree, for the tree had fallen from a bank and that rose sharply from the path in which they wished to walk. But upon investigation, it was discovered that although there was a slight gap between the trunk and the ground, it was most certainly too small to try and scramble under. So the two options left were to turn back and walk the way they had just come, or to make their way up the bank and circle the tree. The thought of returning the way they had come did not seem favourable to any in the small party, but then the bank was filled with rather dense foliage and was still rather muddy from the rain the night before. After a brief conference, it was decided that they would venture through the undergrowth and make their way around the obstruction. When the decision was reached, all three turned their attention to the task at hand making their way up the rather steep hill. Mother and son made a determined effort, trying a number of times to gain possession of the top, but as a result of the rain, they constantly slid back down to the point at which they had begun. Seeing that this point of the hill could not be conquered, they slowly made their way back down the path to find a place that was slightly more accommodating. This place was found a few paces down, where roots from a nearby tree had been exposed by the rain washing and a portion of the bank was washed away. These roots created a perfect staircase for the travellers to climb. Within minutes, the mother and son had claimed position of the top and were beginning to make their way through the thick foliage. Suddenly, they realised they were one member short. Looking around, they discovered that the young girl was still standing at the bottom of the bank hands tangling themselves into one another as her large eyes examined the path her mother and brother had just taken. In a caring voice, the mother questioned her on her delay. She was answered by a troubled, nervous voice. Mother, I don't think that I can walk through all that. It's muddy, mushy and slimy and there's spider webs and lots of branches. I'm going to get all dirty and muddy. I don't wish to be dirty. Trying to forbid the smile that tugged at her lips, the mother tried to think of a response. This was one area in which her daughter had a tremendous struggle, for though she loved the outdoors and adored all things to do with nature, she could not abide the thought of getting dirty. With a quick prayer as to how to help her daughter at this moment, the mother answered with, Now, Missy, 
This mud cannot harm you, and look, Jamie and I are going to walk before you, so we will clear away all the spider webs and the branches. And besides all that, just think of all the things we could discover in this forest. We always walk on the path and have never been up on this bank. This could be a real adventure, so why don't you come up and be with us? We'd be so sad to not have you with us, and you'll miss seeing all these lovely amazing things. The girl's eyes travelled up and down the bank. Then with uncertain steps, she began to climb. Moments later, she had joined her family on the top of the hill, and they began to make their way through the vegetation. Mother, look! cried the young girl's voice. She was bent down, her long blonde hair almost sweeping the ground. Her eyes were expanded with excitement as her delicate fingers gently removed twigs and dried grass from some round object. Mother and son made their way hastily towards her, eager to see what she had discovered. The child's voice was raised again as they arrived. Look, I think that it is a mouse nest, and I think there are baby mice inside. Her eyes sparkled with the possibility. Her mother sank to the ground to examine the nest closer. The girl had gently removed the larger sticks and grass that covered the top of the nest, but had left it for the most part covered. The mother reached for a twig she could use to lift the roof off the nest without harming its contents. With gentle, smooth motions, she lifted the top of the nest, exposing a small bundle of pink, wrinkly little baby shrews. The daughter almost squealed with joy, but then, remembering the small creatures, she covered her mouth with her hand, just in case any more sounds of excitement tried to burst out. The delighted eyes soon turned to ones of concern and pain as the small voice questioned, But mother, where is their mum? How can she leave them, alone, when they're all pink and wrinkly like that? They can't look after themselves, and a snake or bird could come. Oh mother, they are so small and vulnerable, they could die so easily. Even if the weather gets cold tonight, they could die. Tears had begun to form on the soft cheeks at the thought of these innocent little shrews dying. The mother's thoughts had already travelled to the fact of the absent mother, and as her thoughts wandered, she was reminded of another shrew she had seen that day, a few metres back, up the way that they had come. They had seen a dead shrew on the path. Now, upon further thought, it was very possible that the shrew was these babies' mother. The mother was cautious to mention her suspicions to her children, for the dead shrew had already caused quite a bit of upset and she did not wish to burden them with the thought that the baby's mother may be dead. So instead she said, Well, you know that these babies' mom must go out and find food for herself, so she has to leave them for a while to go and search for food. So let's put their roof back on so that they can not get cold and leave them here to sleep. The suggestion was followed and the children bade goodbye to the small creatures. Rising, they continued on their journey around the tree trunk. They had gone only a few paces when the daughter's eyes grew larger once again. In a fearful exhortation, she exclaimed, Oh, what if that dead mouse was, was those mother's baby? If it was, then they could, would have no one to protect them or feed them. We should take them home with us. We should. We could look after them. The mother closed her eyes in search of his counsel to handle this delicate situation. Reopening them, she had an answer. Let's go back and look at them again. There is something I wish to see. There was no hesitation from her young children as they quickly made their way back to where the small nest was nestled between twigs and dried grass. 
Sinking down, the mother gently lifted the roof off the nest and peeked inside. Replacing the covering, she turned to her children with saddened eyes. It is as I suspected. They have not been fed for a few days at least, and the nest has not been cleaned. Mother Mouse cleaned and replaced the nest frequently. This one has not been attended to for a few days. These babies' mother must have been that dead tree we saw earlier. Either that or something else has happened to her, for she would not have left these babies alone for this long if she were alive. Tears had formed once more in the girl's eyes as the mother delivered her prognosis. The little boy, on the other hand, seemed completely preoccupied with his own little world, but as the mother stopped speaking, he held up the basket they had brought with him for the purpose of collecting things of interest. It was now stretched out by a soft, chubby arm, which was accompanied by the sweet tones of the little voice. Here you are, Mommy. I have made the little baby mouses a new home. We can carry them to our home in it. Inside the basket, he had laid his small raincoat and covered the bottom with leaves, twigs, grass and some moss, which he had declared was to be the baby mouse's bed. The mothering eyes shone with pleasure at her small boy's thoughtfulness. In silence, gentle hands lifted the tiny nest and laid it in the basket. The babies were to be taken to a new home. Basket hanging carefully from the slender fingers, the daughter made her way slowly around the fallen tree. Her eyes focused on the ground on which she stepped. Mindful of the precious content hanging at the end of her fingers, she did not want to step too harshly or too suddenly to disturb the sleeping shrews. She was so attentive to the ground ahead that she did not notice the large cocoon hanging from a branch just above her head. It was not missed by the sharp eyes of the mother, however, and she called her children back to examine it. See how it just hangs there, connected only by a small thread. It is waiting for the right time to be opened and allows beautiful resident to be released. Just think, at this very moment, a fat, Wriggly caterpillar is being transformed into a graceful butterfly. Isn't that just amazing? It's just like us. We are like caterpillars. All we are focused on is ourselves. We wriggle along in our lives, always just on ground level, never seeing further than the branch we are on. But then God calls out to us. He shows us a new life, and for a little while we have to go into a cocoon. We have to die to ourselves, leave the life we have led behind and be transformed into a beautiful new creation. It is as though we have wings to soar. We no longer have to wriggle along the ground and branches. We can fly. Our spirit soars far above the clouds. It's free and ready to reach others. We can spread the good news of the Lord, helping and supporting others and helping them to grow. Just as the butterfly spreads pollen from flower to flower, so we can spread God's love across the world. Isn't that just an amazing thought? The mother's eyes glistened with wonder at their mighty father and lord. Her children had listened with wide eyes, as their mother had shared, and now they lifted their own voices to ask, But how can we help others, mother? We are still small. What can children do to help the spirit soar? A smile danced along the mother's face. As you are helping others right now, these little mice, they are God's creation. They were in need of help and you offered that to them. So you can help in the kingdom every day. A kind word to your friend, supporting your brother in his work, bringing your mother a cup of tea, hint, hint. All of these things serve God, for you are serving others with love and kindness. 
That is the greatest commandment after all, to love one another. Do you see, it does not matter how young or old you are, you can soar for God. Large eyes were the only response she received, but that was all right. She knew she had dropped some seeds into their young hearts and it would blossom when the time was right. They continued along their way, discovering many fascinating things before they rejoined the path. They found a tree that had a hole right through its trunk so you could see to the other side. There was a perfect picnic spot that they had never found before. It was surrounded by a large grand tree and had a soft mossed floor. Little purple flowers served as a low fence and a couple of well-positioned rocks could serve as perfect little stools. They also discovered an embankment that was filled from top to bottom with bright pink flowers. They were in such abundance that you could not see the ground or even the trace of their leaves. This discovery delighted the little girl, for flowers were her passion and complete delight. She sat down with reverence and wonder at the base of the bank, gazing upon the blossoms as though her life had been fulfilled and satisfied. Her soft voice danced up to her patient family. God is so amazing. He creates such beauty and adds such detail to everything. She brushed her fingers lightly along the petals, examining each detail. Her eyes soaked in the splendor for a few more moments before rising to rejoin her mother and brother at the top of the bank. As the little group rejoined the path, they looked back at the obstacle that had forced him to take an alternate route. The mother's eyes focused on the tree as she voiced her thoughts. Just think what things we would have missed seeing or discovering if that tree had not blocked our way. Her thoughts continued, but she thought it best to keep them to herself till the next day, when they would gather for their day's learning. They enjoyed the remainder of their walk, but they felt a need to return home as soon as possible as a result of the precious little lives they were carrying in their basket. So homeward bound they went, to nurse and care for the precious new little baby mouses, as they were christened by little Jamie, who was given the extreme honour of carrying them the rest of the way home. Sunshine slipped its way through the large windows of the study to meet the sleepy-eyed children as they slowly made their way up the stairs and along the wooden floor. Small fists tried to remove remaining sounds of sleep from their half-opened eyes. Soft, rosy lips were extended to their full expanse to expel yawns related to a rather unsettled night's sleep, for their new residence in the house had demanded feeding every two hours. They had taken the feeding in shifts, but the night had still resulted in disturbances to all in the house. A large, violent yawn was enjoyed by the little boy, provoking a response from the somewhat wearied mother. My goodness, Jamie, you almost swallowed the whole room and us with it. This was found to be most humorous by the boy, who must have started to imagine some person actually being able to swallow a whole room with a yawn. He sat down upon the couch laughter shaking his whole being. His hysterical laughter soon affected the other members in the room and soon all were upon the couch, grasping their sides as laughter consumed them. This merriment shook the last traces of sleep well away, leaving in its place cheerful and alert minds ready for the day ahead, which would be filled with learning, studies and discoveries. When Composure had again returned to the room, the mother, teacher, gathered her precious children around herself and prepared to start the day with their Bible study. They enjoyed their traditional readings from the Bible and praying. Then they began their Bible-related activities, 
which the children set their hands to as their mother's voice floated throughout the room as she read from an autobiography of a young missionary. Once the chapter was concluded and the book had been set aside till the next day, the mother presented a change to the normal routine and asked her children if they would be happy to continue with their project as she told them something more. They agreed immediately, for they were enjoying their project and did not wish to stop it just yet. So with her children busy at her feet, the mother began to speak of what had come to her the day before she stood looking back at the fallen tree. Missy, you know, you sometimes struggle to understand the lessons in your books, the way you learn them, and then the next day you cannot remember what you learned. Well, yesterday on the walk, God showed me something. You know the way we had to walk around that tree trunk and find another way to get to the other side of it? Well, that is what it is like with your brain. You're walking along the path and it is all very easy and pleasant, but then suddenly there's something in your way. You can't just keep walking. You have to find a way to get around or over or under it. You have to stop and find a solution to be able to continue on your way. It is not always easy and you may get a bit dirty or even scratched, But when you take that other route, you discover all kinds of things that you would never have seen otherwise. And you could also find something or someone else that needs help or support. Just like we found those baby shrews that needed someone to come and care for them. If there had been a clear path all the way, we would have walked straight past them and not even known there were some creatures in need of help. But instead, we discovered them and we were able to save their lives. We found some in the need of help and care which had greater needs than our own. We also found a lovely spot in which to rest and have a picnic. So we also received a blessing for our own needs and desires. God cares for all that we want and need, even when it seems that he is taking us a different route, one that we would rather not be on, as it is sometimes difficult and even tiring. He knows what is best for us and he has a plan and purpose in it all. The soft female voice drew to a stop as she glanced down at her daughter and saw understanding beyond the child's young ears forming in her emerald eyes. Her pause was enough for the child and she asked in a small but strong voice, Then we must thank God, for he has let me have these learning struggles so that I would go a different route and I may be able to find others that need help and support. Isn't that wonderful, Mum? He has given me a fallen tree to use for him. Pride and humility filled the mother's soft eyes. Her daughter understood more than she, the mother, could. All that she could do was sink to the carpet next to her child and engulf her in a tender embrace that said more than words could. After some moments of tender hugging, she was able to steady her voice enough to say, Let us never forget what he has taught us this day. Let's embrace our struggles and challenges and use them for him and for his glory always knowing that he will never give us more than he knows that we can manage. Let us thank him now for being our father and always loving and caring for us. And so mother and children bowed their heads and surrendered prayer to their mighty creator and Lord, thanking him for loving them, caring for them and giving them all they needed and more, thanking him that they could help others and that he was able to equip them with all they needed. They thanked him for just being himself and all they needed forever and ever and always. And so we leave this little family with the morning rays engulfing them, a soft breeze teasing their hair and the sweet tweeting of a bird filling their ears as they gather in prayer and join the love of their Lord and each other.
When we are faced with changes in our life, let us not view that change as an irritation or a bother, but rather as chances to explore another route that we would not have travelled otherwise. If we take the alternative route, we will encounter many fascinating things and most likely we will find someone that needs us to be on that unplanned path. Well, unplanned for us at least. It is an amazing journey to be on, if only you will let yourself enjoy it. For if you are focused on getting around the tree trunk as fast as possible, you will not have time to see all the amazing things God has placed there for you to encounter. Take it slowly and enjoy the walk. I would also like to encourage you that if you have a learning-challenged child, take time to find the best route for them around the tree trunk. They may not be able to travel along the normal route, but just think of all the adventures you'll be able to go on now that you can travel an alternative route. No child ever wants to not learn. They are blessed with a natural hunger to learn and discover new things. So if your child is struggling to understand something, please take a moment to stop, go on your knees before God, and search his counsel as to how to assist your child at that time. Your child wants to please you and not disappoint you. So if they are unable to do or understand a lesson, you need not reproach them, but rather seek God's advice and then apply it. Have fun and enjoy all the interesting paths he may lead you on. God bless you and equip you as you travel these pathways for him and his children.